0: Did you ever hear a story about someone going to the hospital because they were playing around with something they shouldn't have and it got lodged in their throat? I bet if you did, you wouldn't expect that person to be 19 years old. This is the Greatest Story Ever podcast. There comes a time
1: when all the cosmic tumblers have clicked into place... And the universe opens itself up for a few seconds to show you what's possible. With Keith Conrad. You know, everything is not an anecdote. You have to discriminate. Here's a good idea.
0: Have a point. It makes it so much more interesting for the listener. James Kinder of Jacksonville, Florida is someone I might want to talk to in the future. See, James went to his local Circle K store, bought a million dollar scratch-off ticket. He must do that a lot because rather than actually scratching it off, as one does with scratch-off tickets. He put it on his fireplace and left it there for several weeks. Finally, he noticed it there while he was doing some cleaning around the house and decided to give it a scratch. turned out to be worth a million-dollar top prize. Kinder chose the lump sum option for his winnings, taking home $790,000. So I feel like there are a couple of life lessons here. Don't put things off, and make sure you clean your house regularly. My guest today can help you find a house if you're in the Chicago area, whether you suddenly have $790,000 or you have an actual budget to work with. It's Scott Strauss. You can visit his website, StraussInTheHouse.com, for more information on that. If you're one of the you know, the dozens upon dozens of people who have read my book, Righteous Might, you'll recognize that name because I, I, I stole his name for a character. Scott, thanks so much for joining me. And, and I think literally, I, I needed a name for a character. So I just went on Facebook and like the first name that popped up in my feed, they were in. So I, I think that that might be how you ended up in there if you were offended by that in any way.
1: No, no, no. I'm, I'm, it's purely insulting. And, and I want it uh, revoked immediately. Recall all the copies of the book that you've written and published and give me my damn money.
0: Okay, okay, yeah, that that can be arranged. Uh, <laughs> no, it's so, all good. So believe it or not, uh, people uh, actually showing up in a random uh, sci-fi novel is not the most interesting thing that's ever happened to Scott.
1: Well, you know, I mean, I've, I've got a lot of interesting things. Some of them are, are kind of, you know, R slash X rated, and it would probably incriminate some people to tell those stories. And so I can always share those stories in a bar someday when I'm not being recorded. But for today's sake, mm-hmm. uh, yes, there was one particular instance where yours truly was almost ceasing to be. And that's uh, why we're chatting today.
0: Well, I would imagine, uh, you know, to that point, there's actually more than one uh, moment where you, you almost died. Just, just based on what I know about <laughs> you, I, I would imagine there's more than one of those stories. <laughs>
1: there is this one was due to my own um foolishness and stupidity as as most would probably predict coming from me um and yes you are right there were maybe more than one time but this one was probably a little too close for comfort and 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 to say i dodged a bullet i think would be the understatement of the year
0: did you dodge an actual bullet or or was there no bullets involved in this (laughs)
1: No, no bullets were harmed in the making of this story.
0: All right. Well, well set the stage for us.
1: So it is uh, November of 1993. I am a a young uh, lad going through the start of his college career, Columbia College, Chicago. I am uh, commuting daily on the metro from Deerfield, where I am still living in mom's humble abode. um, And I'm about 19 years old. And uh, the great thing about Columbia is it gave me a chance to, you know, uh, stack my classes on certain days and not have to be in class on other days. Uh Um, And I specifically recall for many years I was um, leaving my Mondays and Fridays free, giving myself a half day on Wednesdays, and then literally just going nine to nine on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Anyway, this was a Monday. um, And it was a little bit later in the afternoon, Uh, at the time my mom worked a job where she was traditionally getting off at about four o'clock i had been doing a whole lot of nothing that day and uh was sitting around uh in the kitchen area reading the sunday sports section because why would i not right i mean back when newspapers were actually cool and people actually read them so uh, while i'm while i'm reading said newspaper i am enjoying a fine product called a push pop And I don't know if you are familiar with how a push-pop is made. Perhaps you'll have a link to a picture for our fine-feathered friends who might be listening. But um, a push-pop is a lollipop Mm -hmm. that is in a tube, and the base of said tube goes up and down, which allows you to give yourself more or less lollipop
0: if needed. See, see now I always, I'm not sure that I've ever actually had a push pop because I'm, even when you said push pop, I'm thinking of like an ice cream thing because I know those exist too. Same concept,
1: same concept here except it's a lollipop center and the base at the bottom pushes the lollipop up instead of ice cream. You're, You're thinking of those orange sherbet push pops.
0: Exactly, yeah
1: yeah same exact concept except the inside of this thing has the base where the lollipop is almost adhered to when it is being produced it's about three quarters of an inch wide at the base circular and it's about maybe a half inch tall and then it's got a little peg that pushes out from the upper side on the inside where the lollipop adheres to Mm -hmm. and that's pretty much the base that controls whether the push pop goes up and down anyway so I'm reading my sports section and I'm going through my stuff and I'm, you know, reading about how much the bears suck and you know, how much the bear have to wait to win a world series. (laughs) Imagine that. And how many more years it was going to take before the Cubs won a world series, you know, typical, you know, fodder for Chicago sports. And, and I'm enjoying my, my push pop. And I'm getting down to the uh, base of the push pop where the candy is kind of around that little peg that sticks up. And I, you know, of course, work that problem out. You know, it's my biggest problem for the day. And uh, I realized that the base of the push pop's kind of fun. I'm sitting there reading the sports section. And, you know, when I accidentally inhaled, the, the little push pop would come up. And when I would blow it down, the base would go back down. And it was like a little toy. And I'm just <laughs> not even thinking much of it. And I'm taking that base up and down in the push pop while I'm reading the paper. And wouldn't you know it on one of my inhales. The base comes completely loose from the push pop and immediately ejects itself into my throat. Oh, wow. Um, and so I panic, for lack of a better way to describe it, like pretty much anybody would. Um, I ran myself to the bathroom to try to either get it to go down or bring it back up, whichever my body decided it was going to try to do. And I tried to do both. And for whatever reason, it felt like it wasn't going anywhere. It wasn't blocking my airway. So I was still alive. And I was still breathing. And I, albeit panicked as hell and not sure what to do, um, there I was on the floor of the bathroom, gripping the toilet, wondering if that might be where I died.
0: Well, I mean, um, you could breathe, so that's a that's a good sign.
1: I could breathe. It wasn't a, it wasn't a a full breathe, but it was enough to where I wasn't any more panicked than I already was. <laughs> um so yes, I could still breathe. Um, I at that time, it was about 4 right around when mom was getting off of work and she was about to run some errands. And this is the weirdest part about the story is to this day, she doesn't know how to explain it. She just felt like she needed to stop at home first. Oh, wow. And like, no, I wasn't in the bathroom for five minutes when my mom walked through the door and um, immediately, you know, the, (laughs) when I told her where I was, I was trying to be quiet and I wasn't swallowing because I was scared to, You know, get it stuck. Uh So I was spitting instead of swallowing. Hey, hello, nice joke there somewhere. Um, And then I was also not raising my voice because I didn't want any abnormalities in my body to put me in a weird predicament real fast. I, I didn't know what was going on, you know. So immediately, mom throws me in the car and we're off to Highland Park Hospital, which is the closest hospital to where I was born. Um, and she's driving like, you know, Mario Andretti Jr., <laughs> and I've I've got my little spit cup, you know, on my way to the hospital, and I'm spitting in there, and, and it's stuck, and she's asking me all sorts of questions. Is it, you know, is it stuck? Is it, where is it? I'm like, it, it's in my throat. She's like, no, it wouldn't be in your throat. You'd be choking. I'm like, I, it's, it's in my throat. I, I promise. I can feel it. I don't want to mess with it. I, I'm okay, but I'm I'm, I'm I'm 99.9% sure that thing is stuck in my throat. And she's like, okay, I, you know, I, I totally believe you. If that's what you say, I'm, you know, I get it. And, you know, we get to where we need to be after she was like, I can't believe I came home first. Oh my God. I'm so glad I did. Long story short, too late. We get to the hospital and we go to check in and the emergency room nurse, you know, sees us walk in what's your emergency. And my mom looks at me and I'd say I have an object currently stuck in my throat, and I'm scared that at any shift in time it's going to block my airway and I'm a dead man. First, and first of all, I
0: would imagine that that's probably something that they they run into a lot in the emergency room, but probably with not with a 19-year-old.
1: Well, not only not with a 19-year-old, but also probably with different results. If someone is asphyxiating on a, you know, object of some kind they're probably not coming in to tell their story true they're probably coming in you know out cold getting rushed in on a gurney you know i mean there could be a million different ways this scenario goes a a choking victim doesn't just walk in calmly to tell everybody what's going on Mm -hmm. um and so i i speak to the lady behind the desk and i said you know I, i have an object you know there's there's a problem it's an emergency and and she's like, oh, honey, if you had an object in your throat right now, you, we would know. You, it, you're probably just feeling like a phantom from when it passed. It's probably slid down your throat. You're okay, but we'll check you out. And I, and I calmly said, because I, I don't want to make myself antsy or do anything to myself to make this thing worse. I, I was like, ma'am, you're, you're mistaken. It is absolutely 100% in my throat. I can feel it. And it's not a phantom thing. It's there. It hasn't passed. It is lodged in my throat in a manner that it needs to be removed. And she says, okay, you know, I'm, I, again, I doubt it, but we'll go ahead and, you know, we'll have you take a seat and and we'll start to figure this thing out. And at this point I could tell she didn't think I was for real. She didn't think that I was accurate in the way I was describing what was happening and I didn't want to scream. I mean, I wanted to scream but I didn't wanna like start choking because I'm screaming at this bimbo who's not listening to me. So I look to my right and there is a gigantic dictionary sized yellow pages sitting on the counter. And it's not one of those little you know, white page residential. It is the thick mama jama North shore. The whole damn thing is in one big book sitting mm-hmm. right there on the counter. And I stand up from the chair, I grab that book and I proceed to slam it on the desk with every ounce of energy that I can possibly muster in my entire body. And she damn near falls backwards out of her chair. (laughs) And she looks at me with these wide eyes. And I went, lady, it is stuck in my fucking throat. And she goes, okay, follow me. (laughs) And she, i follow her into the er they give me a sedative they go in with a camera and a claw and a scope and while i was knocked out they took a picture of this object stuck in my throat which i still have today and they were you know when i came through they were like you're absolutely right here's the object here's the picture and the way the object was tilted in my throat Uh, was in a matter where that peg that sticks up on the inside where the candy lollipop adheres to was positioned on its side. And because it was positioned on its side, it created two natural holes on either side of the peg where the air was able to get through my throat. Had that been a 45 degree rotation, I'm dead and I'm not having this conversation with you. Um, Ultimately, Uh, I was able to leave with my life that day. But in regards to the craziest thing that's ever happened to me, I I always default to this story because it was the day I probably should have left the earth in in all. There's if you give me a hundred chances at this same scenario, there's no way I'm not choking to death on that object. I there's, for whatever reason usa it wasn't my time that day
0: now the important question scott did they let you keep the push pop um they didn't however
1: um i apparently word got back to the tops company uh which at that point i guess had the license on those things Mm -hmm. and i did certainly get a very large box of um goodies push pops not included um and and a a letter saying how you know incredibly mortified they are and that they were certainly glad that i was okay um in hindsight i probably could have sued the pants off of them and been everybody's rich friend scott but um i decided not to go that route and decided to, you know, just live my life and take my free box of stuff and say, okay, I'm done with you. And, uh, and I did, so I decided not to, to go full blown. You owe me millions of dollars, even though someone says the word push pop and I, I cringe and tighten my sphincter a little bit, but, (laughs) but ultimately I'm here. And I still have the ability to tell stories and, uh, and have led a, a, a very fun and eventful life since then. actually, at 19, life for anybody just really started to take off. And, and two years later was no different for me. I, I found my career and my stride, you know, before graduating college. And, and, and everything was just, you know, uphill and fun from there.
0: Well, I'm glad that you survived the, the encounter with the Push Pop and uh, live to tell the tale, on uh, here here on the Greatest Story Ever Podcast. Don't forget to rate and review this podcast wherever you happen to be listening. And of course, if you think you can top Scott Strauss's push pop predicament, be sure to shoot me an email at greateststoryeverpodcast at gmail dot
1: Gabatron.